in the squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I support the Moms for Liberty. Moms for Liberty, they are awesome. They are protecting children. They're very, very busy, very, very active. And, of course, uh, they have been targeted by uh, the fake news and who knows what other forces could be at work. Uh, just real quick about the, the Moms for Liberty. And I have mentioned this before, but I stand by the Moms for Liberty, especially that mom, Bridget Ziegler, in Florida, and uh, why is she? She's under fire right now. They want her to resign from uh, some county board she's on, and uh, she's in trouble because her husband has been accused, although not formally, I believe. He hasn't been arrested. Her husband is the chair of the Republican uh, Florida Party, Florida Republican Party. Anyway, uh, so they have a unique situation, apparently. They have some girl that they uh, invite into their bedroom, uh, the, I shouldn't say girl, it's a woman. Consenting adults, okay? Um, consenting adults. And they have some sort of, uh, three-way thing going. Okay? What's the problem? I know a lot of people who don't think that's a problem at all, alright? It can pre-, pre, present certain complications to a relationship, I'm sure. And it certainly isn't, um, traditional, but I don't know. I have just a sneaking suspicion that a lot of people find at least the idea of something like that, the idea, somewhat, possibly a little bit appealing. Just a little bit. Now, um, oh, but they're saying, oh, what a hypocrite. Moms for Liberty. You know, they're anti-LGBTQ. They are about book banning. They are about uh, persecuting and prosecuting uh, transgender and gay people. Moms for Liberty, they've been totally maligned, totally misrepresented. They are good people. They're not anti-gay. They're not anti-anything. They're pro-protecting children, all right? Pro-protecting children. And that means, well, keeping the sexuality out of the schools to the extent you can. Every kid has a phone these days. But uh, grammar school, middle school, high school, can we ease it on the pornography in the school libraries? Bad enough every kid has access to any pornographic image basically ever created in their pocket, but maybe we should not have porno books in the middle school library? That's what Moms for Liberty are all about, all right? Books like Gender Queer and Lawn Boy. I actually have these books. I bought the Gender Queer book, which you can buy at LaGuardia Airport. Like, why the hell? Whatever happened to Tom Clancy? Why, where's the Tom Clancy? Where's, um... Where's James Mitchum? Who, 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 the big authors from the seventies and eighties. Hey, um, uh, Nelson DeMille. No, they've all been they've all been put to the back. Now we've got uh, all these mm, books that make liberals feel virtuous. Ooh, yes, gender queer. Yes, it, it's it, on page sixteen. There is no, I can't even tell you what it is, but it's children involved with sex toys. Sex toys. That is the province should be the province of adults. All right, moms for liberty. Me, and I think most people, I think 99.9% of America believes that children should not be sexualized, right? So that don't say gay bill, so-called don't say gay bill, that was about just keeping uh, weirdo teachers from talking about transgender and not talking to the parents about it. Keeping secrets from parents about children's sexuality, we don't like that. And we certainly don't want some substitute teacher bringing up... uh, 
could you possibly be transgender? You know, this is a safe space for you, and anything you tell me is a secret here. It doesn't work like that. It shouldn't work like that. And um, Moms for Liberty, they're great. There's nothing hypocritical, quite frankly, about whatever the mon- – you know what's kind of a nobody says anymore, menage a toi. Remember that? That was like, ooh, uh, that's, nobody really says that anymore. Why are you alarmed, Diego? Because French. French is a funny language. <laughs> I know, but you just, ooh, it's like, anyway, you know what I'm talking about, all right? Uh, if you want to have one of those, fantastic, and I mean fantastic. Oh, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I don't, um, th- I've heard they're overrated, by the way. Rumor has it they're overrated, but whatever. If you're an adult, have at it, do whatever you want. Um, but when you're a child, no. No, we want to maintain childhood innocence. That's all. And then when they become an adult, they can start making decisions, especially, oh, by the way, the puberty blockers. This thing has become so artificially popular. I met a um, a, mid, a minister, actually. He's a former minister. Now, he's, uh, now he makes furniture. Pretty successful guy in the furniture business. He has four children. They're all under 18. I think the youngest one was eight or nine, and the oldest one was 16 or 17. He told me that uh, of the four children, three of them, right, three of one, one is, <laughs> one is, mm, likes, is a boy, likes girls, whatever. One is, like, normal. All the other ones have said one is gay. They made a big announcement, I'm gay. The other one says they're non-binary. Uh, uh, the 16-year-old, I think, came out, the 16-year-old girl came out as bisexual. How the hell do you know? You don't know. All kinds of things are going through your head at that age. You haven't figured it out yet. But the idea that this relatively normal guy from the Midwest, four children of his have come out in this manner, non-binary. Nobody knew what non-binary meant uh, five minutes ago. I still don't know what non-binary means. Nobody knows what that stuff is. And you know what? There's obviously that has been imposed. This has been so popularized and it's cool. And it's a shortcut to status, a shortcut to uh, acceptance. A sh- it just, you know what else is a shortcut to acceptance and, and status? Copying somebody else's work, copying somebody else's paper. Harvard University, who've been pushing all this diversity and racial woke crap as well, you know, the president of that place, the anti-Semite, her name is, I think, Roxanne Gay. That's not her, that's not her first name. What's her first name? Roxanne Gay? Um, I think so. Roxanne Gay. Happens to be an African-American woman. Happens to, uh, not be gay, by the way. Although, quite frankly, my gaydar was going crazy when I saw her. I really thought, you know, maybe because it was the name, not so subliminal. She's married to a man. Uh, looks like she is a serial plagiarist has been copying everybody's paper since junior high school. Nothing that she puts her name to is actually hers. Uh, and she rose to uh, be a university president. And, oh, by the way, the stuff that she – let's pretend for a moment that everything she did not plagiarize or everything she plagiarized, let's pretend she didn't plagiarize it. I've been talking to some uh, professors and academics. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Roxanne Gay is somebody else. Claudine Gay. Claudine Gay is her name. Um, Claudine Gay, even if she had not copied all that stuff, it's like academic junk. It's like stuff like off the top of her head, no real an, an analysis, no intellectual rigor. It's And it's all about race and gender, all about race and gender. 
She's written like 11 papers, 11 academic papers. That is, you know, you, you should be able to do that in, 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 a, in a semester, right? Uh, you compare her resume, her academic resume to the guy she took over from. Larry Summers, Lawrence Summers was the uh, previous president of Harvard not too many years ago. I met Larry Summers actually once. Uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant economist, but like a lot of brilliant people, he's kind of like really dopey socially, doesn't know what to do. He's just kind of crazy and awkward. I thought I was awkward at a party. This guy is like, but he's off the charts brilliant. He became a, a full professor at Harvard, tenured professor at like 25 years old. Guy is an intellectual uh, machine. I mean, the factory, the output of papers, uh you know, he was selected for the Council of Economic Advisors when he was 29, Treasury Secretary twice. This guy is smart. And he was the uh, president of Harvard at, the, like, the end of his career. It made sense. Claudine Roxanne, Claudine Gay, uh, I think she's not that old. She's, like, in her 40s, maybe, and, and just not not sufficient stature. Now, why does she get all this stuff? Why did she get installed as the head of Harvard? Uh, because, well, she is, uh, happens to be a black woman. If, boy, if she were gay and a black, if, if Claudine Gay were actually gay, I think this all would have happened to her 10 years ago. She would have been promoted much, much, much faster. Intersectionality. If you are a white, straight man, you are dull, you are not cool, doesn't matter about the credentials anymore. Those days are over. Meritocracy, that's over. At least for the time being. At least until America. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take. Can you imagine a set of circumstances where it feels like something has got to happen? And we'll all see that this diversity, this this wokeness or um, or celebrating diversity for the sake of diversity. I'm all about, you know, somebody came up to me today and um, said Vivek Ramaswamy is never going to be elected. I'm like, why not? Why not? I mean, I think I don't want him over Trump, but someday I think that guy could be president. He said, middle America will never vote for a guy like that. I was like, what do you mean? Well, you know, he's Indian and he's Hindu. And I'm like, I don't think you understand America, man. We're not about that anymore. The people are not about that, if we ever were. We're about ideas. And Vivek has incredible ideas, incredible accomplishments, and incredible eloquence. We like that. I don't care. And nobody, I don't think... People do care about what folks look like. It's the diversity of his idea, what's going on in that noggin. It's 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 so important and valuable. Uh, what people look like, the skin color, it's not important. It's not, right? It's not. We're, we're more sophisticated than that. I told him the people in the middle of the country are far more sophisticated. Then I had to remind him also, you know, Barack Obama would not have won without the middle of the country. He, he would not have won without MAGA. But we learned our lesson because a lot of people did vote for Barack, because, uh, hey, wow, wow, isn't this interesting? Man, he's black. Wow, that's so interesting. It's not interesting anymore. White's not interesting. Black's not interesting. It's just about your ideas. We tried it. We thought he was going to have a uh, unique, special conversation about race. He did not have the guts to do it. So now it falls to people like Ben Shapiro and me, to a lesser extent, to uh, talk about these uncomfortable truths Um so we don't care. Roxanne Gay, sorry, Claudine Gay, she may not survive this. They're going to wait until probably sometime next fall, and they're going to give her the boot. They're going to, and she'll be able to say, and she's going to retire in the spring of 2027, and that'll take the pressure off. 
because they're looking at each other right now. We should have caught this stuff. We should have caught this stuff. Now, the New York Times is trying to protect her. They got a big story. She didn't plagiarize. She just duplicated somebody's words. That's what they're, that's what they're saying. <laughs> it's quite the euphemism, isn't it? Just duplicated somebody's words. Um, hey, you know whose words are duplicated? Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Rudy Giuliani filed for bankruptcy days after he was ordered to pay $148 million in damages to two former election workers. Uh, good for him. This is a, uh, this is a technique. This is a tactic. And, uh, I think anybody who's <laughs> has a verdict against them for that kind of money should probably file for bankruptcy right away. He's been a victim in all of this, you know, a total victim. He is a great man. And the people who say, whoa, he's really lost it, hasn't he? They don't see him every day. They don't listen to him every day like we do. We know he's at the very top of his game. And ultimately, he will be restored. And I think history will view his post-2017 contributions to this country as even more valuable than what he did as New York City mayor. Uh, the debts, including big legal fees, unpaid taxes. You know what? This is a message. This is a message to all the lawyers out there. Do not go with Trump because we will come after you and we will make your life miserable. We'll try to ruin your life professionally and personally. Now, they can't mess with Rudy. They don't understand that he's got an ally in God. You ever talk to you ever talk to Rudy, uh, the mayor, about theology? It's it's. You know, he actually once thought about becoming a priest. That's not something, that's not like a Joe Bra- Biden brag. He really did. He knows so much about theology. And that man is very close uh, to the Lord. Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss. Now, um, what do we want to say about them? You got to be careful when you talk about Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss. But I will talk about this. I am sorry that Ruby Freeman can't go to the grocery store anymore with her mama. Not that I think that she ever should have gone to the grocery store with her mama after the age of uh, 12. I'm impressed that she still has business cards. Who has business cards? Nobody. She can't hand out a business card no more. And she can't. What is that thing? I'm just impressed that she can transfer calls. I can't transfer the phone no more. Uh, All right. Now they're suing him again. Now that's, uh, isn't that kind of pushing it? Leave the guy alone, all right? You put him in this box, $148 million. You know what they can do? They can garnish his salary. However, 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 let's remember, this is going to be turned over on appeal. I I know it in my bones. I just know it. I know it. Rudy, we're here for you, pal. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What? The judge wants Rudy to start paying up right now? No way. Yeah, the judge wants him. All right. So anyway, he did what he had to do. Uh, By the way, Rudy has this great chief of staff. His name is Ted Goodman. I think he's only in his 20s. Very, very smart. He says this move should come as a surprise to nobody because, uh, well, this is what has to be done in this kind of situation. You know, I thought for a moment, you know who could take care of this bill for him? Um, uh, Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg could. Mike Bloomberg made uh, $148 million during the commercial break. <laughs> uh, that guy is insanely, insanely, insanely rich. 
He never would have been mayor without Rudy Giuliani. Never, ever, 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 ever. Do you remember? Hmm? Uh, why? How did they? Because Rudy Giuliani's endorsement after 9-11 was so important, so huge, such a game changer. He, he essentially in, installed Mike Bloomberg as mayor. Now, then again, look, can I say that um, I think Rudy should pursue all of his rights. I think he and one of his rights is to appeal this thing. And I'm rooting for Rudy. All right. I'm rooting for Rudy. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. And now I'm just kind of speaking abstractly here. OK, but somebody who says they can't go to the grocery store anymore uh, with their mom because the mom might yell over the aisle. My mom used to do that when I went to um, the store, when I would change, you know, when you're getting school clothes and you go in, how you doing in there, Greg? It was the most embarrassing thing in the world. But I was five and I got over it and she stopped doing it. Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss going to the grocery store together. All right. There's that. And what else did she say during the January 6th uh, hearing? This is factual. She said she can't transfer phone calls anymore. I don't understand that. I don't understand how to train. I don't understand why that would be, why damages would be associated. $148 million. Anyway, Rudy will be here shortly. I got to go to this Roxanne Gay thing. I'm sorry, Claudine Gay. She's in big trouble. She, I said that she may make it a couple of years. I don't know about that. First of all, she's going to be busy today correcting her papers. She's got to correct her term paper. Claudine Gay... <laughs> Harvard said uh, Claudine Gay will update her dissertation correcting these instances of inadequate citation, the university announced. She's got to go back and work on the paper she did in college and graduate school. And, oh, she's in bad trouble. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation. That is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, 
It depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Well, good for you, um, Ms. Stefanik from upstate New York, Republican down there. She happens to be a Harvard grad herself. You heard about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the University of Pennsylvania president gave a similar answer. She got canned. But uh, Claudine Gay, the Harvard person you just heard, saying that if it crosses over into conduct, if it crosses over to actual genocide, you can call for genocide. You can you can yell genocide at students uh, or just call for it, call for it, send them an email saying, I think Jewish people should be uh, genocided, eradicated. Uh, that's okay. That is okay, she said. Okay, so that's not okay. Uh, but you can, you can she, sur- she survived that. Will she survive copying? What's where I will say this: plagiarism is a lot less offensive to me than um, uh, genocide. Okay, and uh, fair uh, b- b- being honest here. Who's ever plagiarized? Uh, I want to see every hand go up, every single hand go up. Right? Everybody's. I, then again, I wasn't. I wasn't auditioning to be a professor. I was just trying to get the hell out of school. <laughs> I just wanted. To, I just wanted to make it the summer break. Uh, but even I changed the words around a little bit. Yeah, I, I you have to do that. Everybody knows that. You gotta you gotta flip it around. She barely she didn't flip the words around. They're all the same. And now she's busted, and people are upset, especially the woman who uh, she copied off of. Let's see here. The allegations of plagiarism against Dr. Gay have been driven by conservative media. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, the victim of the plagiarism, I don't think she's conservative. Uh, that's Dr. Swain from Vanderbilt University. She's no conservative. Who cares what she is driven by conservative media? Well, the defense of her has been driven by liberal media, but even you liberals are realizing uh, we got a problem here. Christopher Rufo is a great guy. He published a newsletter, as uh, the Times reports, New York Times, is Claudine Gay a plagiarist? That article, which highlighted, by the way, I was just reading from the Times, uh, is Claudine Gay a plagiarist? The, that article, which highlighted issues with Dr. Gay's dissertation, appeared the night before the board met to decide if she would remain as Harvard's president. Additional allegations continued to service in the conservative outlet, outlets, the Washington Free Beacon, and on social media, even after the board announced on December 12th that it would stand behind her. The controversy swirling around Dr. Gay raises questions about what it means for a premier American university when its scholarly leader, who at Harvard has final approval on all tenure decisions, has been accused of failing to adhere to scholarly standards. The allegations against her, boy, they're really pussyfooting around this a little bit, in large part because she happens to be a black woman. Now, the rest of the world, we don't care what anybody is, all right? You copy on a paper at this level, at that kind of institution, you're screwed. You should be, right? But America's not straightforward anymore. We are a country with all kinds of unwritten rules and a weirdo custom that you got to kind of, what's going on? It's kind of like Russia, kind of like the Soviet Union back when they, uh, they got on top of uh, Lenin's tomb, right? They had all these weird kind of guidelines that weren't written down. Uh, the allegations against her are landing in the middle of a charged political battle. Uh, in one example that has drawn particular attention and online ridicule, the acknowledge, acknowledgments of Dr. Gay's dissertation appear to take two sentences from the 1996 six book Acknowledgments of Another Scholar. She copied the acknowledgments? Jennifer Hochschild. 
Dr. Hochschild wrote a mentor who showed me the importance of getting the data right and of following where they lead without fear or favor and drove me much harder than I sometimes wanted to be. That's the easiest part of a book. To my mother, I love you. And my dad, too. And my family. It's got, it's supposed to come from the heart. In Dr. Gay's dissertation, Acknowledgements the Next Year, she thanked her family, who drove me harder than I sometimes wanted to be driven. And she thanked her thesis advisor, Gary King, who reminded me of the importance of getting the data right and following where they lead without fear or favor. Oh, my God, what a total fraud. That's it. Let's prank phone call Harvard University, okay? Um, let's see here. As allegations mounted last week, faculty members at Harvard and scholars elsewhere offered varying assessments of the severity of the infractions. Varying assessments. Well, let's get down to the person she uh, she she stole from in one of these things. Oh, yeah, here we go. Carol Swain, political scientist who retired from Vanderbilt University in 2017, said that she was livid both at Dr. Gay's use of her work and Harvard's defense of her. I also have a concern that Harvard University decides it gets to redefine what plagiarism is when it suits its needs. To me, that is unacceptable. In the dissertation, Mr. Rufo said in his newsletter, Dr. Gay used Dr. Swain's work at least twice with no citation. In one example, Dr. Gay wrote, uh, since the 1950s, the re-election rate for incumbent House members has rarely dipped below 90%. In an earlier book, Dr. Swain wrote, since the 1950s, the re-election rate for House members has rarely dipped below 90%. <laughs> if Gay did not violate any standards of research why would she need to correct anything? That's according to the Boston Globe. The Time reports that they've even turned on her. Harvard provided some. Well, it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, come on. Who's the president of uh, Who's the president of Adelphi University? Name one university president. I didn't know about her until she got all anti-Semitic. I don't know one university president. This is not something that really affects most people's lives. But it is fascinating. Harvard actually does affect the lives of a lot of people. Even if you don't go to Harvard, even if you don't know anybody who went to Harvard, they set so much of the cultural rules in our country, um, and they help enforce those rules. It's a, uh, and I don't like how her complexion is her protection. I don't like that. Remember, a white woman was not able to survive at University of Pennsylvania just on the anti-Semitism stuff. At least she was doing her own work. Hello, Steve. Hi, you're wonderful about this issue. First of all, Claudine Gay is purportedly lesbian. So she, she, we crossed two boxes in the intersection. Now, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I got to admit, I got the same vibe. I definitely picked up the same drift, but we looked it up and she's married to a man. She may be, but she's also a lesbian in her leanings. Uh, I mean, Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And oh, by the way, fine, fine. I mean, that's great. Except, you know, when you start cheating and you start being anti-Semitic, those things should not protect you. All right, keep going. She, there are now over 40 accusations uh, I have read that uh, she's plagiarized many others. So in this case, I'm going to plagiarize from the great composer Stravinsky, who somebody once copied some of his music. He said... I have heard of plagiarism, but this is outright kleptomania. 
<laughs> Kleptomania. I love it. Who said that? I love that you're dwelling on this topic because of something else. As you just pointed out correctly, Harvard wait, has wait, an wait, under- wait. Who said kleptomania? Who called it kleptomania? It was Igor Stravinsky, the great Russian composer who came to America for freedom. Okay. What was the other thing you were going to say? I was going to say the real issue here is you, you just touched on the important actual, uh, apart from the humor. Um, Harvard has a great influence, and people say, as Harvard does, so does much of the rest of the academic and also the rest of the country. Here's the thing. You have the president of a prestigious institution who is now totally guilty of plagiarism. Well, then we have to look at the fact that the president of the United States is totally guilty of plagiarism and has been given a pass similarly. That's true. He was busted at Syracuse University. He was busted at Syracuse University in law school. And he was busted at the time, and he was busted again in the 1980s. You're right. I love you, Steve. Keep going. Here's the, the problem that Harvard's uh, board of directors has. Um, they, If they relieve Claudine Gay of the presidency, as they've sheepishly and, and cowardly done, then they also have to say, well, the same is true for President Biden, who was in the office at the highest pre- office of the United States, and he's being given a pass. If they impeach her and get her out of office, it's a hint to the rest no, of the country. No, I mean, not, yeah, I mean, not, not, I mean, look, they're all, I don't know. I, 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 look, you can't impeach somebody in the non-academic world for cheating on a paper. You can't. The thing that why it hits so close to home is because it's academic. I don't think there's, and, and this happens from time to time. This happens throughout this, just this, people get busted like this. The anti-Semitism that she displayed makes it even more interesting as a story and more disgusting as well. Totally disgusting, those comments. I don't, I don't know if there's any larger thing. I, I, no one's going to bust a what's-his-name's chops about that, except you and me. Hey, Steve, I appreciate it, okay? One last comment. No, um, Steve, I'm wrapping up the call, all right? One last comment. I mean, come on. That's a social cue that we're wrapping up here. Fair enough? All right, what do you want to say? My last comment is all these presidents that are being accused now of anti-Semitism are actually apologists for hatred. Think of that as the central tenet of an American university, to allow and encourage and create an environment where hatred can flourish. You know, I just think outright anti-Semitic, they're anti-Semitic is almost better than apologists for hatred. I don't know if that phrase, you know, I don't know. But look, I think it's terrible. Um, they do have that. Impact on the country. Do you know my dad went to Harvard? And I actually hung around Harvard for uh, on and off for about a year. He went to the Kennedy School of Government and got a master's degree in public administration. And I thought, my gosh, this is the greatest place in the world. I mean, these great minds coming together. And uh, I was very impressed with Harvard. And then I actually met somebody who graduated from Harvard, and uh, they were an idiot. <laughs> In, in every way, I couldn't believe it. They were very, very good at this one thing, whatever the hell it was. It was like something so esoteric, something about the mating habits of uh, Arabian hound dogs, or something just so strange and minuscule. But they were, and and the rest of it though, they had no idea about anything. Kind of anyway. Uh, thank you, thank you very, very much. And we'll do one more. Saul is standing by. Yeah. Yeah, Greg. How are you, Greg? Good. Can you can you can you hear me? Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with Alan Dershowitz. He comes in this station every single day for 10, 15 minutes. He condemns Biden and his administration every single time. And at the end, when he's asked, would you vote for Biden? He says, yes. What the hell is wrong with him? Well, look, it's part of his shtick, to be honest, you know, and and it, it works for him. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, like because I have wondered myself. I mean, he he highlights the issues every single day, corruption and the mistreatment of Trump. But he's a liberal Democrat. And I do think you can hold these ideas at the same time. Let's say he's pro-choice. Let's say that's the most important issue when he's not doing law stuff. Right. I mean, who are you going to vote for? Uh, I kind of get it, although I do think it's kind of shtick. All right. I don't know if he's being totally sincere. Um, but look at me. I'm a liberal Democrat and I'm, I'm defending, uh, Trump. You know, it's kind of a gimmick. It's not necessary. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need to remind people of it. He doesn't need to. Sometimes he brings it up on his own. So I love Alan Dershowitz. He's doing so much for the country. Um, don't exactly appreciate what he did for OJ. <laughs> <laughs> he helped get O.J. off. However, however, when it comes to O.J., believe it or not, I'm open-minded. I'm open-minded on his guilt or innocence. I'll tell you why when I come back. I saw a very big piece of uh, testimony that made me think maybe he didn't do it after all. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know, I know. I understand so much. I, uh, I see the truth and, uh, when very few people do and, and every now and then, oh, people are really thrown when I say OJ Simpson might not have done it. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, hey, look. Well, number one, the first thing, the first thing, where was all the blood? There should have been a lot more blood. All right. I was kind of like with everybody else at the time in the 90s, right? I was very much with, I was shocked when he was found not guilty. I remember where I was, 1995, in the ready room in Cherry Point, North Carolina. We were all shocked. I had followed a good chunk of the case. And then in 1996, I found this video a couple of years ago, and it's totally fascinating. It's it's uh, made in 1996 of O.J. Simpson. This is after his acquittal, a year or so after his acquittal, giving a tour of Rockingham, uh, you don't know who he's talking to. It's a cameraman, right? And he's just walking around explaining how it was impossible for him to have done it and where he is. And there was something about him and the way he was talking, how he was talking, the duration of his talk. Listen to this, please, just a little. Now, this is the uh, Rockingham Gate to my home. It's west of the house. Uh, we actually use it as an exit. And it was on this street, Rockingham, that Allen Park drove uh, up that night of the 12th. And uh, Allen Park was pretty consistent in his testimony and as well as uh, what he told the police in the first interview that he did uh, throughout the trial. And Marsha Clark was almost as consistent with her misrepresentation of this uh, person's um, um, uh, testimony. And it seems strange to me that the that the press or many of the pundits around the country chose to go with Marsha's misrepresentations instead of uh, Alan Park's actual right, so testimony. So, like, this goes on for, how long is this thing? Like a half hour. He's going, he goes into the weeds, and I'm like, look, O.J. Simpson, we knew him since when? The 1970s, right? When he was with the Baltimore, uh, Buffalo, 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 Bills, Bills, the Bills. <laughs> 
when he was up there running around and in the, the Hertz commercials and then in the movies. And you're telling me he was a total psycho that entire time and we couldn't pick up on that, that he was showing a, I, I, I don't think so. I just don't think so. And I'm listening to him defend himself. And if he got away with murder, I think he would keep his mouth shut and disappear. But he's written books about this. He's given interviews about this. He's going, he just, I don't, I, look, he's obviously a little bit nuts. Everybody's a little bit nuts. I don't know. Am I, am I, am I making you guys crazy? Can I hear a little bit more of the detail that he goes into? Keep going. Morning. One thing Alan said was when he drove up this street, he didn't notice any cars on Rockingham and he did not notice a Bronco. He didn't notice it when he drove up. He didn't notice it at one point when he drove down the middle of the street. Curiously, not along the curb when he wanted to look through this gate to see if he can see anyone in my house. Look, I submit that if I were guilty uh, of murder and I got away with it, I would go away, right? I just go away. I wouldn't be having camera crews come to my house and explaining, like at the scene of the crime, essentially. I think because you could say the wrong thing, you could incriminate yourself further. Alan Dershowitz, um, it's interesting to talk to Alan about this stuff because he he says that, uh, well, we'll get to that later. Uh, Barbara, I don't want to keep you on hold. We always love to hear from you. Hello, Barbara. Hi. Hi, Greg. Uh, talking about uh, Harvard and the disgrace there, I read that an organization called Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression ranks 254 universities every year on their First Amendment treatment of students. And Harvard has always ranked horribly, and this year it ranks last, zero out of 100 possible points. It actually had a minus rating, and it was told to be the only university with an abysmal speech climate. So there's a lot going on there at Harvard for a long time that is not good, and this is bubbling to the surface now with the anti-Israel and anti-Semitic ridiculous um, actions that are going on at these universities. Barbara, you know, in a weird way, I'm glad it happened. They revealed themselves, right? Now we know. We know what we're facing. More people know. You know, I did not know how prevalent anti-Semitism was, is, and now we see it in the open and we can confront it. We can combat it. And uh, Barbara, I thank you very, very much uh, very quickly, Patrick Trump? is standing by. Patrick, yes. 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 Vivek Ramaswamy cannot be president or vice president. Why not? Because he, he wasn't born in the United States. You said yourself he was born in India. No, I didn't say that. I never said that. You he did was, too. No, I didn't. He was born in America, pal. Where did you get uh, that? He was born in the USA. I believe he was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I got that from you, I thought. No, no, no. You got it from some I no, that's not true. You I don't think you think he'd be on debate stage if he was ineligible to be president? Right? Well, uh, no, there's no conspiracy theory out there either about that. Ramaswamy, American, born.